put on love. This is called, we kind of affectionately call it, Holy Family Sunday. Especially when our, our readings are so close with Mary and Joseph uh, and Jesus. And so we see this holy family. And it's meant to be a strength, a help to us, an encouragement that our own families are meant to be holy. Now, I know speaking for myself a little bit, um, I don't always feel like my family is the holiest family, you know? Um, I think we're real. Um, we have our issues. And I, so I think rather, it's not that God is saying our family is holy, but the family we've been given is the means by which I will become holy. And so we can actually see that almost a little more clearly when, when the family's not so perfect and people are really hard to love. It actually gives me an opportunity, a greater opportunity, an invitation to grow in virtue to love them. Does that make sense? Because you know who lives with the martyrs. And you know who lives with the saints, right? The martyrs. You know, like it's, it's not easy. Um, I was, my, I was in Phoenix this week, and my buddy was telling me, uh, he's been kind of going through a hard time, and so he, uh, he moved in with his other family just to get back on his feet. And he was telling me, I'm like, well, what's it like living with this family? He goes, it's a little bit eclectic. I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, well, um, the, the great uncle was actually schizophrenic, and his child was, became addicted to drugs. Um, and so now... Like, he's living with us, and that's a little bit of a challenge. But he's better, but, like, that's tough. Then um, there's uh, this cousin who um, went to California for a weekend to visit some people and came back pregnant, and the father wants nothing to do with her so now, or the child, so now she's pregnant. And there's this other woman who, uh, another cousin who... Um, was seeking to adopt a child, and it actually happened, but at the same time, she's pregnant. So she's six-month pregnant, walking around with a six-month-old, and everybody's scratching their heads trying to figure this out. And so he said, and the same family is actually the family that welcomed him. <laughs> so what these different situations have allowed is an opportunity for an outpouring of generosity and mercy and love to everyone involved. Does that make sense? Like, there's no such thing as like, this is the family, and if you're not like that, then you're weird. It's like, no, we're all weird, so that's what's normal, you know? Like, um, and somehow God knows exactly where I'm at. He knows the family I'm in, and as imperfect as it feels, it's actually perfect to make me holy. And so St. Paul gives us this, this exhortation, and it's probably worth taking the readings today and just sit. Like, if you're like, I don't know how to pray, what do I do? Take the reading, like Colossians today, and just meditate on what St. Paul says. He says to put on love. But, but then he defines it. What is, what is he saying? Heartfelt compassion. Compassion is to, to suffer with. You know, it's the mother that stays up with a sick child. 
as opposed to, no, you do it, you know? Um, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. These things are really hard. <laughs> like, in real life, they're hard. But they actually become a great um, measuring stick, litmus test for me to pray with and say, Lord, how are you, how are you calling me to be humbler in my family? And I can't do it without your grace. And he knows that. So he wants to help me grow in holiness with my family. What's, a, what's another way to look at this? Um, today in our gospel, we see the holy family take Jesus, like a good Jewish family, they take Jesus, Jesus to the temple um, to, to offer him to the Lord. They're being obedient to the law of God. So the good parents are saying, we're going to be obedient to God's law because we want to teach our, you know, Mary's like, I want to teach my, teach my son, and Joseph's like, I want to teach my foster son, Jesus, about doing God's will because that's actually what's going to lead him to being happy. And so Jesus learns his trust in the Heavenly Father through his experience with his earthly foster father, Joseph. That just as he's obedient to the law in the temple, that he was willing to be obedient on the cross to the Father's will. Even when it was difficult, he could be obedient. And so we learn virtue in so many things from our family, or, or the lack thereof of it. I, I heard a story this week. It's a little tangential, but I think it's kind of. It that was kind of cool. Um, in the early 1900s, there was a, a a guy nicknamed Easy Eddie. He was from St. Louis, and he actually um, he had uh, bought the patent for the uh, rabbit that runs around the dog tracks. So the dogs will run, and so he he moved to Chicago. And at the time, Al Capone owned Chicago, and so he became he was a lawyer. He became like uh, like the right hand man to Al Capone made a ton of money. But his conscience bothered him because he knew what this man stood for. And he said, how can I stand here with integrity knowing what he's doing? How can I stand here as a father for my children and do this? And so one day he set up a meeting with the IRS and he brought a bunch of paperwork. And he's part of the reason why they were able to lock up Al Capone for tax evasion. Well, what happens when you cross Al Capone? Like, you know what you're going to get. But he said, it is better for me to suffer and to die than to not be a man of integrity. And it ended up, it did cost, a week before Al Capone got out of jail, um, this guy, Easy Eddie, was killed. Um, but the same day that he was killed, his son was in the Air Force, was flying planes. Um, and his son went on, and in World War II, um, in the Pacific, the battle wasn't going well, and he was, his son was in the battle that changed the war. At one point, there was eight enemy planes versus his one plane with guns, and he shot down five planes, and he became a hero of World War II. Um, he came back, and he stayed in the war, and eventually he went out on a mission uh, in which they were attacked from behind, and he was killed. That man was named Butch O'Hare, for whom we name O'Hare Airport. 
But Butch was able to live a courageous, generous, selfless life because he saw the witness of a strong father. Not all of us have that strong witness. That's why we're given the holy family as an example, as ones to intercede for us. And we are called to, like Jesus, Mary and Joseph, to be obedient to the Father's will, trusting that that's what's going to make us happy, that's what's going to make us holy. Uh, One last story. Uh, Not too long ago, there was this Italian couple uh, named Chiara. She met this man, Enrico, while they were on a pilgrimage. So they were trying to do something holy. They looked around and saw each other and liked each other, you know? And so uh, in 2008, so not that long ago, not even 10 years, right? They got married. Uh, Pretty soon, they uh, conceived their first child. And while the child was in the womb, Chiara learned from the doctors that the child was not doing well and that there were signs that it wasn't going to be um, the child might not make it and so the doctors told her it would be better to terminate the pregnancy and she said you can do whatever you want but I'm not going to do that and so she ended up delivering uh, the child the child lived very briefly um, and then passed away Well, Kiara became pregnant again, and in the middle of the pregnancy, the doctors told her once again, like, this isn't looking good. Um, But then she said, same thing, like, I'm I'm a mother. God has sent me this child. Um, I'm going to deliver this child. And she gave birth to David, who lived very briefly um, and then passed away. Kiara had this to say. She said, God gave us two special children. But he asked us to accompany them only until birth. He allowed us to hold them, baptize them, and return them to the hands of the Father. There was a peace and joy that was unlike anything else we had experienced. Losing a child is probably the hardest thing a family can go through. But Chiara and and Enrico were recognizing that there's a bigger plan at work. Um, Later on, um, Kiara became pregnant again, this time with a very healthy child. (laughs) And um, when she went for her checkup, the child was fine, but what she found out was that uh, her own health um, was not good. And the doctor said, we need to start doing treatments to help you, but it might affect your child, which she could have done. She could have done that. But she said, no, if it even has the chance of hurting my child, I'm not going to do it. And so she carried the baby full term, delivered a healthy child, Francisco, Francesco. um, And a little while later, complications from her illness, it did end up taking her life. Her husband was asked how he felt about this. And he said this. If my wife is going to be with someone who loves her more than I, why should I be upset? That the goal of family life is to love one another, to lay down our lives for one another, to help each other get to heaven. 
And whatever difficulties and sufferings come our way, which are guaranteed to happen, that's what Jesus shows us on the cross. There's no resurrection without the cross. But that doesn't seem fair. Well, maybe not. But Jesus paves the way for us so that when we go through our trials and our difficulties, or I'm dealt a situation in my family that I'm not happy about, Jesus shows me that I'm not alone, that he's with me, and that this specific situation is coming to me because it is the very means that will make me holy if I can accept it. I can either become better or bitter. Later on, after Kiara passed away, her husband was being interviewed, and he said this, I spent a lot of time this year reflecting on this phrase from the gospel that says, The Lord gives a cross that is sweet and a burden that is light. When I would look at Kiara when she was about to die, I obviously became very upset. But I mustered the courage, and a few hours before, it was about 8 in the morning, Kiara died at noon, I asked her this. I said, Kiara, my love, is this cross really sweet, like the Lord says? She looked at me and smiled, and in a soft voice, she said, Yes, Enrico, it is very sweet. On June 13, 2012, she passed away. And interestingly, in the, Catholic, the process for someone to be declared a saint, they have to wait five years before they can start the process and looking into their life. Well, five years later, on June 13, 2017, to the day, the cause for her canonization was opened. Would that every one of us would live family life heroically, that when we pass away, that they would open up our cause for canonization. And so whatever situation we find ourselves, the invitation is the same, to put on Christ, to put on love, to take his yoke, that whatever situation I find myself is somehow God's will. And that if I can go to him, because alone I will despair, carrying a cross without Christ is hell. Carrying a cross with Christ is sweet.